1: Today's guest, Chuck Hogan, believes that you can do your best and not be your best, but if you're being your best, you will always do your best. He joins us today to talk about how you can reach your full potential at home and at work. Chuck is Managing Partner at Your Best Life, an organization that helps people elevate finance, family, fitness, and faith. He guides entrepreneurs and top executives to new heights. Welcome, Chuck. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: No, it's a pleasure, Joan.
1: So, Chuck, I I love the quote that I mentioned in the introduction. You can do your best and not be your best. If you're being your best, you will always do your best. What does that quote mean to you?
0: Well, it was something that I developed about two decades ago, and it came from the premise that a lot of folks, they'll even through a very indiscriminate question, they'll ask people how they're doing, And I started noticing as I, over the last 30 years, have been studying behavioral sciences and how people make decisions, how they react, how they actually engage with one another, that when you ask someone how they're doing, you'll end up getting this amazing laundry list of all the doings that they've had during the course of a day. Um, It's a very conscious question that we ask. And I noticed that when I asked people how they were feeling, so just by changing a word, I actually got a much more earthen, much more direct, and I will say awakened, if, uh, I know that's a sketchy term for some folks in this day and age, but it was much more coming from their soul and you're getting how they were feeling and not just what they were doing. So there's a lot of folks, they're doing their best. They're doing their level best with whatever the circumstances are, with, with whatever they have going on in their world at that time. But I started noticing something, and, and we can use the example of the gym. If you go to the gym and it's an abject like struggle for you, And you're going, man, I cannot stand going to the gym. I do this under protest. I go, well, you're probably not going to have a great workout. And in point of fact, for the time that you're investing, you're probably not going to get the benefits that you could have if you were just being your best. Changing your state, changing where you're living, actually changes the entire engagement. So instead of suffering through it, you're like going, you know what? I'm here. I'm enhancing my health and vitality. I'm growing. I'm expanding. And the beauty of that is you'll always do your best. If you're being your best, whatever that is in the moment. So, Chuck,
1: how did you get started doing this type of work?
0: You know, it's amazing what the universe provides to you. And I and my wife, uh, 36 years now, um, it was 23 years ago. And we had this wonderful celebration that I will call our first child. (laughs) And in fact, it was just before he was born. And it was like, wow, we're going to have a child. And he's not coming with an instruction manual. Um, I better get my act together. I I better be the best person I can be so I can be the best dad and continue to be a loving, supportive husband. So I started studying with a lot of different folks, and most notably, uh, one of my mentors was Mr. Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins. And so for the better part of 22 years on this journey, I actually spent time in that space in service to others, traveling all over the world and helping alleviate suffering in the world. Now people go, okay, that sounds like a very cavalier concept. Well, for me, it was about my measure of contribution that I could provide. Some people give money, some people do acts of kindness, and I was like, go ahead, I want to be able to affect and effect more people at a, a much larger level. And when you're in front of 10 15,000 people, and I used to have the privilege of opening up for Tony on stage and actually helping lead state-inducing what they call dancers on stage. And when you're in a stadium zone of 15,000 people and getting them to move their body for the first time in maybe a couple decades, and you see the enthusiasm and the smiles just by engaging their physicality, their energy level, their focus, their attention, it's addictive. And that's what really spurred us to create your best life. Because during COVID, all those events went away. They went virtual. And I can tell you that as human beings, we're built to be around other people. That's part of our privilege. We're built to commune and to grow and to share energy and live in our gifts. And when you don't have proximity to people, that can start to become a very disempowering feeling. And your best life was really propagated and created during COVID, To actually create more enhancement and to continue to create footprints, programming, and engagement that would help elevate people in the specific ways that they need it. And even more so create accountability so that way they're actually being able to measure the momentum, the movement, and the progress that they were making.
1: And I love the work you're doing. It's, It's really in such alignment with what I do with Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Because Chuck, your work actually resulted from something positive. My work came from a dark period in my life. I had a lot of Mm. loss and a lot of trauma. And really, when I came up with the brand name, there was nothing to it outside of the fact that I knew I had to get my head in the game. My thoughts needed to be in alignment if I was going to move forward, if I was going to get out of that hole that I was in. And so that's really, you know, the work I do, which aligns with what you do. But it's interesting that yours came from the beautiful birth and mine came from such darkness, but we got to the same place.
0: You know, isn't it interesting that you can start on different sides of the coin, so to speak, and yet there's still a synergy? Um, I'm reminded, and and thank you for that, John. I'm sorry for your suffering, and by the same token, I would also say being able to blame effectively. Because people go, oh, I, I had to go here because of my life conditions. I go, no, bless you for making a decision and giving much more valuable meaning to the engagement and what was going on and it resulted in a beautiful result. So thank you for stepping into your light and not marginalizing yourself. It really is important for people to understand that there is no such thing as balance. It doesn't exist. That that's a, that's a horse trading game. Really what's happening in life, if you think of like the yin and yang symbol, we're actually living in a synergistic environment that's actually in constant motion. And what happens for most folks is they have a tendency to forget that the energy that's actually moving them spurring them actually is in polarity with things that they're trying to avoid so what we get to do as human beings is to decide where we're going to put our time energy and intention if you're trying to move away from something i'm going to just ask everyone to remember this one simple fact your brain does not process negative it only processes reality so let me let me give an example If I were to say you, Joan, for all your listeners out there, don't look for the pink elephant in the room. Don't look for the elephant. Don't look for the pink elephant specifically. And I guarantee you, people's minds are going, there's a pink elephant? Where is it? Where am I to fight? I just don't look for the pink elephant. The brain functions where focus goes, energy flows. And when we pick a topic, even if we're trying to move away from it, we'll actually manifest more of it. So it's very simple. Concentrate on what you need in your life. Quit trying to fulfill wants and really address the needs that you have for happiness, sustainability, connection, contribution, growth. And you'll automatically find yourself moving away from the things that you're trying to avoid the most. Because again, where that focus goes, that energy flows. So you will find yourself moving away from the things that you've actually been trying to avoid. But you don't have to make that your focus.
1: And I think one of the most powerful things that you just said was that this is a choice. It's a decision. Because when you're in pain or you're feeling stuck or you feel like a victim, you don't think you have a choice. You think this is it. And and I think that's such a great message that it's a decision. We get to choose which way we're going to go.
0: 100%. And, you know, it's interesting, Joan, that a lot of times people will think that they're blueprints of their life. And this is where things get very confusing for some folks. They go, well, this is my life. This is, this is just the way it is. I've been dealt these cards. And I go, wow, then you're playing the wrong game. You've elected. You're going to get what you're willing to tolerate. If you're going to tolerate procrastination, indiscretion, um, confusion, they go, oh, but I'm not trying to be confused. Understood. And it's not a matter of trying to be. It's a matter of when you are in this space of confusion, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on your rituals that you have that actually empower you? Are you focusing on context and information connection with people of value that actually spur your mind to think at a different level or are you giving in to the peer pressure are you giving in to the assumption of what other someone else's blueprint is because your life conditions if they don't match your blueprint identically it creates i'll say the perception of suffering
1: you said before that we are designed to be with people to be in relationship with others but everything about our society today seems to isolate us more with all the technology and texting and you know the way we communicate how do you think that's impacting the way we're feeling about ourselves
0: oh well it's it's so here's the truth social media is exactly that so social uh, by its very definition means it's outside of you it's beyond you and there's this nuance where the level of connection the level of contrast or lack of contrast that we start to experience. So uh, we could talk about geopolitical, we could talk about financial, we could talk about the border, we could talk about all these different hot you know, topic buttons. And the truth is, is that most people are living in a space of their own perception. So these algorithms, these, these programs, if you will, feed into the narrative of what you're searching for and they don't offer you other opinions. They offer you aligning opinions of other people who are putting out content and information that end up feeding your wants. See, if we get back to brass tacks, there's some very simple basics. You need air, you need food, you need water, you need shelter, and you need love and connection. Those are the human needs. There's behavioral needs, which are certainty, uncertainty, significance, love and connection, growth, and contribution. But you'll notice the only one that crosses over into both modalities is love and connection. Now, why is this? Most people want to meet their needs, and this is where language is important. They want to meet their needs a very specific way. So they go, oh, I could meet my need for food by eating McDonald's every day. Well, I have a rule though. That's not healthy and nutritious, and I only put healthy and nutritious things in my body. So, i.e., they have a rule around meeting this. Now, why do I go there? To your point, people have a rule around what is a great social engagement or what they need to be feeling most often. So I will remind everyone, and this may confuse some people. It did me a long time ago as well. You will do everything you need to do to feel a certain way. Let me say that very clearly stated again. In fact, I'll even state it a slightly different way. You will even break all your rules and your values to meet your needs the way that you believe your needs need to be met and it's very interesting to see because some people will even justify it they will go oh well that wasn't a personal decision that was a business decision so they will justify the action by putting it in a context where they no longer have to be culpable responsible or liable for it because it was just business it wasn't personal yet i don't know of anyone who's been wronged in a business setting that felt it wasn't personal
1: so when you just said That you'll do everything to feel a certain way. That can go two ways, because if you're comfortable in your misery, you can do everything to continue that misery, self-sabotage. Because I remember way back when I was going through all of that turmoil and transition, I was comfortable in that misery. And so I would go on social media. It was almost, I actually called it like emotional cutting. If I started to feel too good, I would go on, and because my mom had passed away and my sister passed away and I got divorced in a period of six months. So I would go on like on Christmas Eve and I would look at all the happy families together and and it would destroy me. And I was doing that to myself. And I realized, and and it makes sense with what you just said, I was comfortable being miserable. So I kept doing things to make myself miserable.
0: You know, there's this, uh, my very dear friend, uh, he is an expert neurostrategist named Steve Linder, and he developed this concept called secondary gain. So let me be very clear about what secondary gain is. It's that the disempowering or area of comfort has so much certainty, has so much variety, has so much significance, has so much connection. Has, it doesn't have any growth or contribution, but anytime you're meeting three out of the six needs at a level five or higher, you have an addiction. And so this is one of the reasons why people who have challenges with alcohol, people who have challenges with, uh, you know, chemical dependency. And by the way, let me remind everyone out there that every emotional state that you experience is exactly that. It's in a chemical state, dopamine, adrenaline, anything that you are feeling in your body. Every emotional feeling is a biochemical response to a stimulus, no different than alcohol or marijuana, or sibacillin or any of the things that are out there. For most folks now, or for some folks now diagnosed with ADHD, it's Ritalin, so uh, there's zero judgment. What I'm just inferring to is that the human body is such an amazing apparatus, and it's made up of three major components that when fueled together makes you unstoppable. What I love about your work, Joan, and your chosen occupation and, and doing these talks, and thank you for hosting these, by the way, is that it sheds light that if you are feeling foul in your spirit, in your faith, that it's tied to your relationships and your family. It's tied to your fitness. It's tied to your finances. And... My, my dear friend Preston Brown has this saying, and he says, a rising tide raises all ships. So if you go, man, life is happening for me and not to me, and I'm growing in all these areas, and here's where the challenge occurs. If you are being held down and anchored or tethered to the ocean floor in any one of these areas, it will halt, mitigate, stop, perturb, retard any progression that you're making in any of these other areas of your life. And this is one of the reasons why you'll meet uber-wealthy people, billionaires. And they can't keep a relationship to save their life. They can't. They're great at making money. It's their gift, their challenge. They are always thinking that someone wants something from them, is going to take something from them. They don't know how to relate or be vulnerable because their strategy for success is I make a lot of money, and that's their measuring stick for success. And I go, okay, what is this costing you in love, light, happiness, and even more so? True wealth is your health. And I know too many people that spent the first half of their life amassing wealth and spending all their wealth in the second half of their life trying to find happiness and health and vitality
1: back. And that's the reason, Chuck, why self-awareness is so important, because it was when I looked at my behavior, I was able to change it. When the things you're describing, when we see it, that's when we can make that choice that we talked about to do something different.
0: Yes. And what elevates it, Joan, is peer group. This is why I say we are social beings. You'll do more for others than you'll do for yourself, and that's the, that's the tendency of most people. I'm not saying everyone is wired that way, but the vast majority of folks, when you think about parenthood, motherhood, family members, spouses, friends, if they call you in the middle of the night and they're in need, I, I don't even have to question I know where Joan's headed. There's a reason for it. That is because you have a loving, guided heart and you live in service to other people. If not, you wouldn't be doing this show. And so to to wit, when we start to look at these things, I go, oh my gosh. So here's the challenge. And you brought this up earlier. And thank you for bringing this to everyone's attention. Social media and these programs, you know, you can become preoccupied with entertainment. And so I know Of people and they go, you know, I watched the silliest dog or puppy videos or cat videos and a half an hour flew by and I didn't even know what was going on. And they go, what a waste of time. And I reminded of them something. And I just asked a question. I said, did you enjoy yourself? And they were like, you know, oddly enough, it may seem silly coming from me, a CEO of a company, you know, chief operations officer, chief financial. I said, wait, 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 is not happiness the outcome and the goal for most people? And they sat there for a moment, bewildered. And I go holy smokes. So you're saying, I shouldn't feel bad? And I said, listen, I'm not going to say that if you're doing binge watching this for six hours, that that is, has not an abject uh, waste of your talent. What I would say is, what need were you trying to meet? Hmm, I guess connection to self in the moment. And this is where reality sets in. We oftentimes will look at self-care as being selfish or a waste of time. And I go, I'm just going to remind everyone of what The airline attendant, the flight attendant says on the flight, put the oxygen mask on you first then everyone else. You cannot take care of others if you are not taking care of yourself. And this comes in love, light, happiness, contribution. Because if you think you're going to have this untapped resource to be able to give unconditionally forever, I said, no, there's conditions. There's 24 hours in a day and you require sleep, food. I can go back to it. You require air, water. Food, shelter, and love and connection. That would be nice if I had it. Someone who's homeless is fighting to have a home. If they haven't had a meal, they're fighting to have a meal. Clean water should be a birthright, but people are struggling for it. It's more expensive than a gallon of gasoline right now. And breathing, well, the universe, when it conspired to create you, gave you this brilliant ability to slow down and breathe. Yet... If you're in a smoke-filled environment, if you are in a smog-filled, pollutant-laden environment, maybe it's time to change your environment so you can actually thrive instead of just trying to survive. Unfortunately, we have too many people who are living in a survival ideology because they're trying to avoid life instead of living life.
1: Chuck, where can our listeners go to learn more about you and your work?
0: Oh, thank you. If you want to visit us on our website and learn more about our community, you can go to yblnow.com.
1: Chuck, thank you so much for joining us.
0: I really appreciate this time and this engagement with you.
1: This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Do you feel lost on your journey to health and happiness? Then let us guide you on your path, personalized actions towards health. Your path is a series of choices you act on every day. We guide you on a personalized journey of dietary, exercise, genetic, supplement, and lifestyle choices that lead you to optimal health and happiness. Often taking the road less traveled leads to liberation. Your path is personal. Your journey, like you, is unique. Take action today. Head to bestpathforme.com. Again, that's bestpathforme.com.
2: Do you have thoughts that are repeated over and over in your mind like a loop thought? Hi, I'm Mary Battaglia, Certified Clinical Hypnosis Practitioner at Metro Hypnosis Center. Anxiety and stress can cause worry and obsessive thoughts that create a feeling like you do not have control, but the thoughts are in control. It feels like there is no way to stop them. A good tip I recommend to people is to take a deep breath into the nose and on the exhale, release the feeling or thought and close your eyes. Then imagine you have an eraser in your hand and wipe away that thought. Take your time to do this, allowing yourself to see the thought getting smaller and smaller until it is completely gone for the moment. Feel the power within you as you take back the control over your thoughts. Then open your eyes, feeling empowered. Repeat this daily or multiple times in the day to reclaim your control. Keep doing this each day so you continue to control the thoughts in your mind. Start adding supportive thoughts To your mind, you are smart, you are kind, or whatever thoughts you need to hear. Remember, if you can see it, you can achieve it. I am Mary Battaglia, a certified clinical hypnosis practitioner at Metro Hypnosis Center, offering online sessions.
1: Recently, I was flipping through a toy catalog, shopping for a gift for a French child, when I stumbled upon an item that had brought hours of enjoyment to my children. It's a square box that has different shapes cut out into each side with matching pieces. The goal of the toy is for children to fit each piece into its corresponding hole, thus learning to recognize shapes and how to fit like things together. My boys spent hours placing the various shapes into their respective holes. Most times, the pieces fit together with ease, but on occasion, they would work tirelessly trying to make the wrong piece fit into the wrong hole. An oval in a circle, a square in a triangle, a rectangle in a square. As I reminisced about them sitting on the floor working at this task, I began to think about how this activity mimics what we do throughout our life, work to make the pieces fit. Hi, this is Joan Herman here with a lesson learned while earning my PhD in life. Sometimes our choices fit perfectly, but other times, no matter how much energy we expend, They just don't fit. How many times have you been in a friendship or romance that didn't work out? In most situations when the breakup occurred, anger, heartbreak and disappointment soon followed, then blame. Someone must be at fault. Someone was wrong. You tried so hard, so why couldn't it survive? Instead of being consumed with anger and resentment, did you ever stop and think that maybe, just maybe, it was simply a wrong fit and that no one is to blame? Like the pieces in the toy, each of us has an individual design derived from life experiences. We are each as unique as a circle, square, triangle or octagon. When we make the right match, everything fits perfectly. But when we have the wrong pieces, it doesn't work, no matter how hard we push or on what angle. It would be ridiculous to say something is wrong with the circle because it didn't fit in the square. We recognize the shapes as being different, so why do we make those claims about people? Why do we assign blame to a person and then spend the rest of our life being angry and resentful thinking about what could have been? Perhaps a new perspective would be to view each of us as the pieces of the toy, unique with our own characteristics, perfect in our design, but not always a fit, no matter how hard we try to squeeze it together and how much we want it. Perhaps looking at life experiences in this way may make it easier to let go and stop assigning blame. It may enable us to forgive and move forward. So the next time you experience the loss of a valued relationship, rather than being consumed with anger and bitterness, just release it. Try to view yourself and the other person as shapes, different from each other, but with their own purpose, beauty, and value. Perfect in their individuality, but they just don't fit. Thanks for spending these minutes with me. For more information and empowering tools, visit joanherman.com. while on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.
0: The preceding pre recorded program, sponsored by Maximilian Communications